Chapter 12 of The Bridge of History Over the Gulf of Time by Thomas Cooper. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 12 The Arch of Charlemagne. What shall we name the 8th century? We can only give it one name. The great, regal, and imperial name of the Middle Ages, we must call it the Arch of Charlemagne. He is often called the founder of feudalism, whether he deserves the name or not, and was the ruler of France and a large part of Germany and Italy. His mode of converting some of the rude tribes of Germany to Christianity was anything but a Christian mode. He compelled the Saxons on pain of death to receive baptism, and put thousands of them to death because they would not give up their beloved leader, Wittekind. But he must have been a man of large mind, for he denounced the worship of images, which the Empress Irene cajoled Pope Adrian to encourage, and he, like Alfred, thought that the people ought to have the scriptures to read and having determined on the gift of a translation to his Frankish subjects, he sent all over Europe for men who were skilled in Greek and Hebrew in order to make his translation as perfect as possible. From our own land went Alcuin, the learned Anglo-Saxon, to render assistance in this work, and he remained in France as one of the most valued advisers of Carl the Great, or Charlemagne. There is a little fact in chronology which all of you will be able to remember. Just at our end of this arch of the bridge, that end of the arch which is nearest ourselves, that is to say, on Christmas Day, in the year of our Lord, 800, this Charlemagne was crowned by the Pope, and in a way that looked like a sudden inspiration, Emperor of the West. It was a signal act in history, for it was the cause of another act still more signal. Charlemagne, in return, made the Pope a temporal prince, and the Popes have been temporal monarchs ever since. The Pope's temporal monarchy is indeed a very little one now, it is confined to that small part of the city of Rome which is divided from the larger part of the Tiber, and which contains the Cathedral of St. Peter, with the Vatican Palace, and the Castle St. Angelo, and which was proudly named after himself by one of the numerous popes called Leo, the Leonine city. Whether even this very small mockery of a monarchy will remain to the wearer of the Triple Crown is problematical. My friends, they say we should not rashly interpret the divine judgments, but I think that mine must be dull indeed that does not perceive divine judgments to have fallen on two devoted and guilty heads in our day. No sooner had the man of sin, who exalted himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he is called God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, no sooner had the poor, old, infatuated Pius the Ninth perfected the papal blasphemous assumption by getting the ecumenical council to declare him infallible, than down comes first his rotten supporter amidst the awful squelch at Sedan, and next down comes the poor old helpless infallible himself. God's true church was a persecuted and suffering church in the eighth century. Under the name of Bulgarians, their passage is traced from the east, fleeing from cruel persecutors, towards the valleys of the Alps and borders of the Pyrenees, where their successors in faith and suffering were known as Waldenses and Albigenses and Paterines and Cathari and many other names. Pursuing our main inquiry, we ask how came Charlemagne and the people of France and Germany and Italy and other parts of Europe, how came the Empress Irene and the peoples of Constantinople and the adjoining regions, how came the lowly and persecuted people professing Christianity to be believing in the 8th century the Jesus of Nazareth had lived on this earth, taught, and wrought his miracles upon it, and had been crucified at Jerusalem, and had risen again from the dead. Are we to conclude that none of these events have any foundation in fact, but that they are only refashionings of the old fable of the sun? 
Let us march again over our bridge of history and see if we find the Christian religion on the arch before the arch of Charlemagne. In this instance the larger demands of general history direct us to find something else there first. End of chapter 12